All right. Well, hey, welcome. It's awesome to have you guys here. If you don't know who I am, my name is Tim Gillio. Uh, I'm one of the pastors on staff here. I get the awesome opportunity uh, of serving w- alongside of our First Impressions team. Uh, so this is what I say all the time to everyone that serves on First Impression. I say God wants to do something incredible in the life of every person that comes in this building whenever they come in. So what we want to do is we want to make it make an atmosphere where that can happen. We want to see God moves in. God move in. I know that God wants to move here tonight in each and every one of us. He's got something he wants to share with us, something he wants to show show us. So we're just going to chase after that this morning. We're going to continue on this theme. I love that it was Deborah's story. Let me let me start with this. God put a message on my heart three months ago. Three months ago, I was reading through Mark, and God highlighted something to me, and he said, that's a message. And I said, okay, Lord, when do you want me to share it? Time passed. I kind of forgot about it. Uh, Just, I think it was like a week and a half ago, Pastor Josh approached and said, Tim, are you interested in sharing next week, Wednesday? And I said, Yeah, and instantly when I said yeah, right away that message came back into my heart. And it's such a simple message, but it it pertains so much to to what Dream Center is doing and what Deborah shared in that video of how God is there for us. Everyone say, God is there for me. For me. Today we're gonna we're gonna go into a message. If you're taking notes, which I'd highly encourage you to do, if you're taking notes, right. He stepped in. He stepped in. We're going to go ahead. We're going to start here. If you've got your Bibles, flip open to uh, Mark chapter 6. We're going to go ahead and start there. But before we kind of get into that, I'm going to share a little bit out of Matthew chapter 7. But go to, go to, go to Mark 6. In Matthew chapter 7, it's the end of, of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, you might have heard this. This is a, a famous a section of scripture where it says Jesus went up on the mountain and he began to teach his disciples. So the 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 scene here the scene here is Jesus is up there, he gathers his 12 disciples and commonly what's believed is that his his disciple gathered right next to him, so his disciples were close and then behind that there's multitudes of people listening. That's kind of what's usually portrayed in this story. So Jesus begins teaching, and, he, and this is where he goes through uh, some of what Pastor Josh quoted. Like, if, you, if you, you've heard it said, uh, if, you, if you commit adultery, this is what happens. But Jesus said, don't even look at a woman lustfully, or this is what happened. He goes through all that. He, he goes through all these passages and all these great sayings of faith and, and verses that we could stand on with truth. And then in the very end of it, Matthew chapter 7, right around verse 24, this is what Jesus said. He said, if you hear what I have to say and you put it into practice, you're like a wise man who builds his house on a rock and the wind rays and beat against the house and the waters, the floodwaters come up and all this happens. And he says, the house stands. It says, the floodwaters came and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded. Everyone say founded. Founded on the rock. 
Go to the next verse. It says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man. I don't think any of us want to be considered foolish. Uh, It's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And then it goes through the same thing. It says, then the rain fell, the floodwaters came up, the winds blew against the house, slammed against it, and it fell, and and great was its fall. What's interesting about both of these uh, people in this passage is it says the same storm came up against both of them. And it doesn't say if a storm comes up. It says when. When the storm comes up. How many of you guys know we live in a broken world? Right? We live in a broken world. I'm sure most of us could probably look in the last couple weeks and give a really good example of how our world is broken from our personal lives. See, sometimes people get this misconception that if they begin to live for God, all of a sudden it's going to be roses and butterflies. Uh, it's like Dr. Seuss' book or something where the candy cane trees and uh, candy cane clouds go by and all this stuff. And, and I, I think if you've, if you've been walking with the Lord for a while, you've got to realize that you still walk in the same world after you're saved that you walked in before you were saved. And what I mean by that is storms come. Storms come up against both of these people. It says the person that was smart and the person that was foolish, the storm hit both of them. What changed is their preparation beforehand and what happened inside the storm. So tonight what I want to talk to you guys about for a minute is storms that come up. So what I want you to do is, now I'm talking like physically storms for a second. I want you to find someone around you, maybe that you don't really know very well, and I want two or two or three minutes, I want you to share the story of the best storm that you've been in, uh, the craziest storm. So I'll start real quick. So give, I'll give you a second to kind of prep it. When I was, uh, let's see, I would have been 12 years old. Let me make sure that my math is right. 12, yeah. So I was about 12 years old. I broke my knee playing football. Okay, so imagine broken knee, crutches. My family loves hunting, so we go hunting. Well, my family's crazy about hunting in some ways. We go, uh, my my extended family still does this. I don't do it as much. But we go hunting every year uh, during the last week of bow season, the first week of gun season, and we put up a big army surgical tent to stay in, like an army surgical hospital tent to stay in. So in the tent, is a lot of family members. However, several of them had to go. So it's just my dad, my brother, and me. Gimpy, broken leg, remember? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so <laughs> broken leg. My dad happens to turn on the radio because it was like a downtime in the middle of the day. So he turns on the radio. It's like, it's like warning, massive windstorm coming, 100-mile-an-hour winds. And we're like, y'all, we're in a tent, you know, like big tent. So we go and we go to the store and we buy as much rope as we can find and a whole bunch of stakes. And we're like tying to the tent and going out like 20, 30 yards and nailing stakes in the ground all the way around the tent. The craziest thing about this whole storm was this. You, we're sitting there in the middle of the night when the wind starts to pick up. Wind going 100 miles an hour through the woods sounds at least what I think a, a freight train would sound like about 10 feet from you. 
like so loud you just hear it building up and it would smash against one side of the tent and the other side of the tent would and also we're sitting there it's about two o'clock in the morning I'm laying gimpy on the bed crutches you know uh, I'm laying there and all of a sudden big wind comes up the loudest one I've heard and it smashes against one side of the tent and the other side of the tent the whole wall lifts up in the air and all the stakes that were in the ground went flying into the woods it was an incredible crazy, but an incredible storm. So what I want you to do is take two minutes and tell someone around you a storm that you've been in. All right. If you can kind of bring your attention back up here. If you didn't get a chance to finish your story after service, I'd encourage you uh, to kind of take a moment to do that. I don't know about you guys, but I'm fascinated with storms. Uh, A few years ago, just after my daughter was born, uh, my wife and I were sitting in the bedroom. We're getting ready to put put our daughter to bed. This was like uh, six years ago. We're, we're getting ready to put our daughter to bed. And we're sitting there, and I remember it sounded like it was absolutely pouring outside. Just like crazy amounts of water. Have you guys ever been in a house and you just can hear the water hitting the roof? Have you ever been? Okay, so that's what it sounded like. And I go over to the window, and I open the window, and I look outside, and there's not a drop of water. I'm like, I'm like, honey, it's not raining at all. So I close the I close the window. Also, we start like it starts raining a little bit later. We're like, okay, whatever, crazy one of those moments. Uh, the next day, we get up and we look outside and we realize like there's some like stuff knocked over, like in our pool area. And I remember I get out and I get in the car and I drive down our road and there's a tree over. And then I look behind our house and there's a big tree that fell on the neighbor's house. And we drive and also we're driving in the backside of our neighborhood and there was like a trampoline that got thrown into someone else's house. And there was a, there was a, um, a pop-up camper that got thrown through a neighbor's garage across the street from where it's supposed to be. And also we got looking, and apparently there was a tornado. You guys might remember this. There was a tornado that happened by like M6 and 131. Apparently it formed directly above our house. The trees that got knocked down in my neighbor's yards were the first trees that went over. It got it formed right there, and it came down, and it devastated the backside of our neighborhood. It went across M6. It took out, like, the the Titan uh, uh, equipment place. It took that out. It went across 131. It took out Ideal Park. It went all this. And it was like, but, but storms, like, I'm fascinated with storms. As long as no one gets hurt, right, amen, I'm fascinated with storms. And one thing I've realized is storms happen. So I want to talk to you guys real quick about a storm that the disciples found themselves in. So Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 45, says this. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side to Bethsaida. While he himself went, was uh, sending the crowd away, after bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. When it was evening, I think it's interesting, okay, imagine the time frame here. So he sent his disciples away, he goes up on the mountain, and then it says, and then there was evening. So there must have been a considerable amount of time that had passed between when he sent his disciples away, and then now it's evening when he's up there. Uh, So uh, when it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea. Interesting point, uh, middle of the sea. So they're about three miles out. They've traveled about three miles in boat. So they're in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land, seeing them straining at the oars. Uh, So here you guys go. I got a kayak up here. 
We got some oars. So how many of you guys have ever been in a boat that requires oaring and you're in the wind? Horrible, right? I always tell my kids, start paddling in the direction of the wind, going into the wind. That way, if you get tired, you could come back by just wind power. You know what I mean? So these guys are straining for hours, and they've gone three miles. That's a long ways to go, but it seems like these are like professional fishermen people, you know. They should be good at this. So they know what they're doing, and they're straining, and they're going at it, and, and they're, not making, they're not making any headway. So seeing them straining at the oars, for the wind was against them, at about the fourth watch of the night. So we're talking like it's now like early into the morning. You'd now probably consider this early early morning rather than late, late night. So they've been going at this for hours. So the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. This next, okay, that line blows my mind too. Sorry, I should say that. Uh, I haven't seen anyone walk on the sea yet. I'm still waiting. Uh there's a whole bunch of, like, jokes about could Jesus get a bath, you know, like when his mom went to put him, would he be able to go on? Anyways, uh, okay, so he went walking on the sea, and look at this, and he intended to pass them by. That's not like the typical view of Jesus that we see. He's like, they're straining. It said that he saw them straining. He's like, I'm just going. He intended to pass them by. But look at this. But when they saw him, when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed that it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. He's like, just stop for a minute. He's like, I got this. You don't have to worry about it. And then this is what I want to highlight to you guys tonight. Then he got into the boat. Everyone say he stepped in. He stepped in. Then he stepped into the boat with them and the wind stopped. It's interesting because when I, when I think about this story as I've read it in the past and as I'm talking about it in conversations, I would always say that he must have spoke to the wind. Oh, he must have said, wind be calm. It's not what it says. It says all he did was this. Imagine, it's chaotic, there's wind. When you have big winds that can stop professional fishermen from moving a boat, you know that there's lots of waves going on, right? It doesn't say he anything except this. That's all he did. That's it. I imagine like it was super crazy and like the moment his foot touches the boat, it was like perfectly calm. Because Jesus stepped in to the situation. So the question is this. How many of us sit there straining in the middle of our storm? We got the oars, and we're going, and we're straining. And how many of us just decided to sit there in it instead of noticing Jesus? Realize this. He intended to walk by them. If he intended to walk by them, that means he allowed himself to be interrupted. But if he allowed himself to be interrupted, that means they had to interrupt him. 
Maybe we shouldn't sit there in our boat straining. Maybe we should call out to Jesus. If you read this account in in Matthew, it says, this is where Peter called out and said, Lord, if it's you, let me come out to you. You know the amazing part about him stepping out of the boat? Yeah, he walked on water, but the best part was when he started experiencing an issue, he called out and said, Lord, save me. The Lord saved him, and in Matthew it says the same thing. It says, and he stepped into the boat, and the wind stopped. Sometimes when we find ourselves in the middle of a storm, we just need to say, Jesus, can you step into my boat for a second? Jesus, can you come here? Because I've been straining at this oar. I've been going about it, and, man, I feel... I feel like I'm not getting anywhere in this. I imagine the disciples at this point were pretty much ready to give up. Remember, the Lord told them to go to the other side. I wonder if some of them were like, guys, let's just head back. Because the temptation in a storm is to try to head the way of ease, right? Like, y'all, I'm done with this. I'm peacing out. I'm not going to go where the Lord has called me. I'm going to go the opposite direction. The truth of storms is this. In storms, what we ordinarily rely on tends to fail. Electricity usually doesn't go out in mass numbers when it's perfectly sunny outside. Electricity goes out in the midst of a storm when there's craziness. Right? We just had an ice storm the other day. I took a minute and I just looked up craziest snowstorms in Michigan because remember I like snow, I like storms. So I looked up craziest snowstorms in Michigan, January 26th of 1978. The Lower Peninsula was hit with 10 to 30 inches of snow. Can you imagine over two days like 30 inches of snow? That'd be like right now, two days from now, all of a sudden like it's Friday, you wake up and there are 30 new inches of snow there. I'd be like, let's get the hot cocoa. In 1999, January 20, uh, sorry, January 2nd and January 3rd, 28 inches of snow following, falling along the lakeshore in Michigan. In January 26th, 1967, an eight-mile-long traffic jam backup occurred between Grand Rapids and Jackson. It was so bad that it says that people abandoned their cars and went to farmhouses along the highway and said, I need to stay here tonight. And like, I've never been anything like that, but that's crazy. But in the midst of storms, what we tend to rely on fails, electricity, transportation, these kind of things fail. Our ordinary life doesn't seem to be working. Our minds tend to play tricks on us. When I was, when I was uh, in that storm and the wind was coming against the tent when I was, had a broken leg, your mind plays so many tricks on you in the midst of a storm. In a boat, you, you're rowing and you're rowing and you're rowing and you're just not making it anywhere. In the storm, you have lack of peace. So the question is, What do we do? What do we do when we find ourselves in a storm? We say, Jesus, I need you. 
I'm going to tell you guys one more quick story, and then we're going to go into a time of just some ministry. Um, in a second, the worship team is going to come back up. But this is the story I want to tell you. It's found in Daniel chapter 3. It says, then Nebuchadnezzar, this is starting in verse 24, it says, then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded and stood up in haste. Let me give you some backstory to this real quick. So Nebuchadnezzar was the king. He, he made this big, huge statue, and he said, anytime you hear music, you got to bow down to that statue. These three dudes said, ain't no way. Ain't no mountain. Sorry, I just thought of a song, Ain't No Mountain. Uh, they said, there's no way we're bowing down to that. And Nebuchadnezzar was like, what? You know, he's getting all... He's getting all ruffled up, and it says then, uh, then, um, sorry. Uh, so he, he gets so frustrated, and he throws them in a fire, and he cranks it so hot when, he throws, when they throw them in the fire, the guards die. And then this is what happens right after. It says, then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded and stood up in haste. So he like, he's like, what? As he's looking in there, it said, he said to his high officials, was it not three men we threw into the fire, we cast into the midst of the fire? They replied to the king, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men loosed and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm. He threw three people in there, but how many people were in that place? There were four. What happened? Jesus stepped into their boat. Jesus stepped into the midst of the fire. The craziest part about that story is it says they come out and they don't even smell like smoke. The, they tied their hands. The ropes that tied their hands fell off. Those got burned, but not even their clothes smelled like smoke. Because they took and said, I'm not going to worry about what's going on. I'm going to rely, and I'm going to focus on Jesus, and I'm going to focus on who God is. If you read that story, it says the fourth one looks like the Son of God. Looks like an, looks like an angel. Jesus stepped into their storm. Jesus stepped into the storm that the disciples were in. And God is the same yesterday. He's the same today, and he's the same forever. So if God stepped into the storm of those people, God's here to step into our storms too. So it doesn't matter what we got going on. It doesn't matter if we spent days rowing in this boat and we're like, Lord, we're not getting there. Lord, we're not getting there. Lord, we need your help. Jesus, step into my boat for a second. Jesus wants to step in to our storms with us. So this is what we're going to do. The worship team is going to go ahead and come up, and they're going to begin to lead us in a song. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to find someone in here. Actually, let's start with this. If there's anyone, I'm not going to ask details about what's going on. But if you'd say there's someone, if you'd say either you're going through a storm or someone you know is going through a storm, just go ahead and put up your hand. If there's someone you know, say, I'm going to stand in the gap for these. Just leave your hand up for a second. Everyone else, begin to look around. There's, we're not going to ask you details. I don't want details. I just want, if you're like, I'm going to stand in the gap or I'm going through something, put your hand up. So begin to look at these hands. This is what we're going to do. As, as the body of Christ, we're going to begin to come together, and we're going to lift them up. And what I want you to pray for them is this. I want you to say, Lord, step into their boat with them. Lord, bring them peace. Lord, let them trust you or let us trust you. And thank you, Jesus, for victory in Jesus' name. If you have other things you want to pray, go for it. But I just want to begin to help us step into these things. So, um, so you could, like, Lord, bring peace into this situation. Lord, fill them with peace. Lord, step into their boat. Jesus, thank you for victory in Jesus' name. 
I'll see if we can get those things put up on the screen so you can look up there. But let's just gather around these people and let's begin to, to lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ and let's pray for them and let's chase after this just like we chase after it during the pray first time. Let's begin to chase after those that are broken and hurting and fill them up in Jesus' name. So let's go ahead. Go ahead and find someone. If you had your hand up, go ahead and put it up again. Like I said, we're not asking you questions. We're not asking anything. It could be you going through it or it could be someone else. But we're just going to begin to pray for each other. So go ahead, find someone. There's a hand back here. There's hands up here. I don't know if anyone else had their hand up. Hands over here. Let's begin to gather around. So stand up, move, gather around them. Let's let's be the body. Let's be the church coming together. So if you got your hand up, keep it up. There were a couple more. If you're in the back and you can, let's, let's move up next to these people and let's begin to pray for these things. Jesus, we declare your name right now into the midst of storms that are happening. Jesus, we know that your name is the name above all names. So we declare right now victory and healing in Jesus' name. I, I, pr- I, I declare right now cancer is gone in the name of Jesus Christ. Cancer, you are gone in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for soundness of minds in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that you give a spirit of sound mind in Jesus' name. So we pray confusion be gone in Jesus' name. Ultimately, Jesus, we choose to declare your name on high in the midst of every storm that we could find ourselves in. Because, Jesus, you're above the storm. So I pray right now for every person in this room. I pray that you fill them up. I pray that they would realize that they are an ambassador for you and for your kingdom when they go out of this place. They know that they carry you with them. That they go on offense into a world, not defensively out of these doors, but offensively going and taking the kingdom, uh, taking on and expanding the kingdom of God, declaring territory for Jesus' name. Jesus, we trust in you. We say, here we are, Jesus. Use us. We love you, and we thank you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen.